back in black. All right. <laughs> that that's two different songs. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Rewatch, the show where we watch movies that we loved in our youth and find out if they're still any good. I'm Brett. I'm Sam. I'm Ash. And I'm Pat. Oh yeah. What's that? That was a Faster? speed fast. Okay. Yeah, yeah right? do you good? <laughs> do you edit us so that we come in real fast after you? So you're like, I'm Brett. I'm Sam. I'm Ash. Pat. I'm working on my done. auctioneering skills. Ooh, <laughs> like real time. like Dickskin. Dick. Yes, exactly. Jimmy Dickskin. <laughs> 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 um i'm gonna go ahead and i hate when we make people languish in silence for too long as it. we uh do banter back and forth about our opening and whether we nailed it or didn't nail it but i'm very excited <laughs> but it's so funny <laughs> it's the joke that keeps excited. on giving <laughs> um our guest tonight was introduced to us by friend of the show chris revel of let's Yay. chat Delightful hey, Chris. Chris. And our guest is a writer. Uh, he wrote on the delightful TV show iZombie. And mm. he currently writes on a little show you might have heard of called Cobra Kai. We have Mr. Bob Dearden. Hello, everyone. How you doing? Welcome. Hey. Hello. Welcome. I was uh, refreshing myself on your uh, iZombie episodes this this morning. And oh, yeah. That was fun. Fun to check those out. Ooh, I wish I had done that. That would have been fun. The the ones I wrote happen to be the best of the bunch, so you can waste your time, that's for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Which season? All of them. Oh, okay, great. But I've definitely seen ones that you've written. Do you have a personal favorite baby, Bob? Uh, We did one called Goonstruck, which was Mm -hmm. uh, hockey-related and Canada-related, so that one was pretty close to home. I suppose that'll, that'll have to do as my favorite. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I remember that one. Does that mean you're also a Letterkenny fan? I am. Yeah. 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 Uh, Letterkenny when it was just a Twitter feed. So I'm, Aww. I feel like I'm maybe not the very ground floor. Excuse me. <clears throat> maybe not the very ground floor of Letterkenny fans. It was introduced to me by some friends of mine back home, but uh, it's amazing to see what it's become and how much traction it's gotten since those early days. Yep. We, yeah, we love it. it dearly. It's, it's a phenomenon. It's pretty great. Well, I was going to say we have a connection in common with Cobra Kai because other friend and our personal friend of the show, Dalex Miller, has been on an episode. Oh, I didn't know that. That is yeah, very well, exciting. I don't think he had any lines. I think he was just like a background actor, but still cool. Wait, in which show? Cobra Kai. And Cobra Kai. Okay, then yeah. we've talked about three. We've referenced Sorry. three shows. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I got to go you know what, ask him. Do you, do you know what he he played in his uh, background starring role? He was I I don't know because I haven't seen it. I'm sorry, but he was like <laughs> sitting on what looked like bleachers. Like I've seen stills from it, and he's just fun like, fact has severe limitations. He was at the All Valley, uh, maybe I don't I don't know, but uh, he's he's my zombie whenever i need a zombie I'm i call that <laughs> yeah he's been a zombie um, at least twice for you yeah and then he was on he was a zombie on fear the walking dead oh yeah he's got that shuffle down just yeah so solid he's um, a good zombie 
I, I promised I would gush. I'm just going to say I recently finished season four. Uh, excellent work, Bob. That was a lot of fun. Really enjoyed well, it. was all me, so I'll take that compliment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it's so rare to meet a humble writer. I'm so glad that finally <laughs> we've met one. I mean, normally I am kind of humble about my work, but honestly, the rest of the writers do nothing on that show. You wouldn't believe how lazy they are, so I'm happy to take the credit. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Do you at least send them out for coffee? Make them useful for something? <laughs> you know, once in a while, you can trick them into doing things that aren't important, but they think are important in the moment. Mm-hmm. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's, you know, classic busy work that lets the, the adults in the room actually take the reins. So. Yeah, smart, smart. Ash does that with me whenever we've ever done a project. I'm just like, I want to do things. She's like, all right, yeah, you can just stand over on the side and hold the big mic stick. Even I know it's called a boom. Like, That's yeah. pretty important, actually. <laughs> I was like, is that what you were doing when you told me to make the room pretty for Let's Drink? Like, I see now. I see. Well no, played, you- director. Well played. Hey, you made the room look really great. <laughs> the Harry Potter episode, you had candles hanging from the ceiling. I'm that just was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. She didn't even bother with that with me when we did joining call. She just said, just <laughs> sit at your desk and drink your beer. And I'll like. <laughs> and we'll, we'll put your name on it as written by If Pat, a line needs but... to be rewritten, I guess I'll call you or something. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, let's jump into the movie we're going to talk about tonight, which is, of course, because we have you, Bob, of course, we're doing Karate Kid. I'm kidding. <laughs> joking. <laughs> I, you ever email with someone or in it? It's funny how how we've evolved where even though it's just like cold, emotionless words on a screen, sometimes you can get vibes coming through. <laughs> in email and text. Mm-hmm. I, and Bob, maybe I radiate off your I, crystal. <laughs> I got a sense when we our first couple of emails because it came up, of course, Karate Kid, that you you were like, I would, I got this vibe, like I guess, but I would love to maybe do something different or maybe like examine <laughs> a different yeah. franchise. We could have chosen any of the Karate Kid films, including the the next Karate Kid, and I would have seen it several times in the last couple of years. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, fresh territory is uh, it's yeah. acceptable to me, um, preferable, perhaps. Yep. Yeah, and. We went back and forth, and then we zeroed in on Beverly Hills Cop. So tonight we're going to watch Beverly Hills Cop, starring uh, oh, a gentleman yeah. named, uh, I believe, uh, Edward. Mm, Edward. Um, <laughs> no, uh, Edward Murphy. Edward Murphy. I wonder if we're really, yeah. What? Who that would be Eddie Murphy. Murphy. I'm, I'm kidding. I know. Oh, it's the God. joke. I know. <laughs> <laughs> good you got me i was like who is in this it's funny edward edward what colin edward scissorhands apparently the only edwards i know are fictional edwards so Hmm. that's except for pat (laughs) Uh, okay first name first name not last name if you really think about it pat is a fictional edwards true that's Mm -hmm. true what i am not really here no (laughs) he's here don't gaslight for that uh, but well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I poor wrote Sam. myself into existence. This is going to be a rough recording this for is Sam. The worst, <laughs> the worst jokes we've ever had on the show. It's fantastic. I know we're killing it. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. Good thing worry. we have a writer on. I'll I'll liven <laughs> I'll liven it up with my mom brain and say the wrong thing. Uh, I, I am I am a real writer. I've got proof right here. Um, I'm excited to watch Beverly Hills Cop 
uh, and my brain melted this morning because Mitch texted me and asked what movie we were watching, and I was like, Kindergarten Cop. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so- Very different, but also good. Also good. Yeah. Uh, wait, so wait, Pat and I were texting about this, and I'm curious, I can't remember, but is this our first Eddie Murphy movie? I believe it is. No. No, no, no. Wait. What did we watch? We did Welcome to America. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's Coming right. to okay. America. Coming to America. <laughs> Coming. There you Goodness. go. I told you the mom brain would show up and there it is. I'm on board, I'm a, on board it, with it, though. I, whatever you say, thing, I'm just like, man. I know what you mean. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Brett, Brett is desensitized. Last, <laughs> last night, I was talking about somebody and their accent. And I was like, oh, you mean their southern twall? And Brett goes, excuse me? Do you mean drawl? And I was like, yeah. That's you combine what I, twang that's, and drawl. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a twangy drawl. It Don't works. worry. <laughs> there's way more of these gems to come. It's almost like only sleeping for four hours a night for nine months makes you not know your words. Yeah. So, huh. Again, your choice. Solidarity. <laughs> um, Welcome to the show, Bob. <laughs> loving it. Loving it. So Beverly Hills Cop came out in 1984. In uh, early December, 17 days before I was, this earth was changed for the better forever by my birth. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, That's when we entered the darkest timelines. I, I, <laughs> I didn't hear the actual date. Can you say that again? What What was the date it came out? December 9th, 1984. Okay. So you're a Christmas baby. Yeah. The day mm-hmm. after. Yep. Mm-hmm. What a ripoff. <laughs> oh, you have no idea, Bob, because I have two cousins that are the 28th. Or the 27th and 28th, and my baby sister's the 29th, so it was just... Oh, you had to share your birthday with siblings, cousins, and Christmas? Yeah. If that's not not the same type of trauma Jesus himself suffered, I don't know what is. (laughs) (laughs) It's my villain origin story. (laughs) Uh, We only got one cake. Um, It was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this was uh directed by martin breast who I'm sorry, doesn't breast? have the longest <laughs> no i literally heard that <laughs> that's what <laughs> i said <laughs> boobs i apologize i misspoke this is directed by martin tits um, <laughs> he, he doesn't have the longest imdb rap sheet but he's got some real oh, no. uh no no but he's got some real notable films here he directed midnight run oh scent of a woman I've never seen it. Meet Joe Black. Okay. (laughs) And his last film that he directed, though, I think, was Gigli. Okay. (laughs) That's a real real bell curve of of titles there. Yeah. (laughs) His villain arc origin story is very interesting. It's kind of like Sean Connery did leave Extraordinary Gentleman. He was like, okay, I think I might be done with this. (laughs) But uh, it was, we got two people credited for uh, one for screenplay. The screenplay was credited to Daniel Petrie, who uh, was involved in the other two Beverly Hills cops, as well as uh, Turner and Hooch, the Tom Hanks Mm. film. Recent? And... Then uh, there's a story by no. credit for uh, Danilo Bach, and his IMDb is exclusively Beverly Hills Cop, uh, Beverly Hills Cop adjacent, like other shorts or anything that adaptations, but the three films in this. He said, this is my thing. 
<laughs> and I am sticking with the Beverly Hills Cop genre. <laughs> the, yep. the franchise. So, uh, Bob, what a wild wh- thing to reboot today. Sorry. Yeah, it would, it would be very interesting or not. I don't know. Uh, Bob, out of curiosity, why was this one of the ones? I, don't, I guess we talked about your big Eddie Murphy fan. Yeah, I mean, growing up, I was for sure. It's it's been a while since he's done much. I mean, obviously, he's you know had a few little comebacks over the years, but he was so prominent when I was a kid. And you know, he was in the types of movies when I was that age. Like I was, I'm a little older than you. I was born in '78, so I don't know that I. I'm sorry, can you say that <laughs> date again? I didn't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 1978. Be nice. Um, but I, you know when. I don't think I I would have been aware at six years old that this movie had come out, but certainly by the time I was eight or 10 years old, you know, we all knew who Eddie Murphy was because he'd been on Saturday Night Live in the early 80s. And, um, you know, he had his stand up specials and he was just the number one, you know, comedy box office draw. Uh, we weren't old enough to watch any of those movies in theaters. And most of our parents probably wouldn't rent them rent them for us either. But uh, you know, we all had at least one friend whose parents just were, you know, either not there or didn't give a shit. So Eddie <laughs> Murphy was kind of like the, the sort of like, you know, the secret swearing movie star that you could go watch. And and that was, you know, before we all turned to underage smoking and, and drinking, that was the way you prove that you were, you know, growing up faster than whatever your age indicated. So, uh, that's <laughs> so how like I, at age 10, right? That's. Yeah. You're right around there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that, that that's what I remember is my introduction to Eddie Murphy. And then, you know, by the time I got old enough, I think, to actually go to any of his R-rated movies, he was a little bit, um, I don't know how to put it delicately, but, you know, he, he wasn't Eddie Murphy anymore. He was uh, he was Vampire in Brooklyn. Um, oh, so, no. So it, it was more, I guess, nostalgia than anything else that my um, – my fandom of, of him and his career was sort of rooted, but, uh, I, you know, I often, if I'm flicking around on television and there's an eighties era, Eddie Murphy movie that comes on, chances are good. I'm going to stop on it for a few minutes anyway. Um, cause it still brings back all of those, you know, those same feelings of like, this is, this is what used to be funny when I was 10 for whatever reason. And so it's still funny when I'm much, much older than that now. Mm. yeah for sure this is, nice. uh, yeah and this was like right like you said in prime eddie murphy like career territory which is exciting because he uh yeah definitely like less cool stuff in his late career like very kid focused content so right the guy mm. the guys had two completely different like celebrity lives which is we talk about dr doolittle is a classic <laughs> <laughs> both of them the two because they did two. um but <laughs> I so, just will say if if you I mean I've never seen the Eddie Murphy vampire movie but just google it do yourself a google do yourself a favor and google it if you don't know what we're talking about because I don't I can't believe that that was made just watch the trailer I can <laughs> again I can, I can. Uh, it feels like at a certain point um, maybe after coming to America in which he used this device you know really well but he decided that the thing to build his movies around was how many different characters can I play under a variety of, of different you know um, disguises and makeup and whatever 
And that's what Vampire in Brooklyn sort of feels like is, oh. you know, however, however the idea was, was brought to him, it was then evolved into, okay, he's a vampire and he's in Brooklyn, but how many characters can I play? And that seemed to guide his career choices for a while. And it worked again in Nutty Professor, but um, it, it was did weird it? to watch that take over. <laughs> I mean, financially. And people loved yeah. Nutty Professor at the time. That was yeah, big... people loved them clumps. Yeah. Yeah. But he did it and he, he did it in uh, Coming to America too. And I just, yeah, that's true. I, I feel like I'm half expecting to be like, there's a secret Eddie Murphy hidden in this film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he also plays Paul Reiser in this movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, as of course, you know, this is an Eddie Murphy film. This movie also stars Judge Reinhold. Who mm-hmm. is probably most famous in my household? Bobby knows I have three very small children. Um, <gasps> Ducktales. No, he's probably oh. most known as Neil from the Santa Claus trilogy. Oh yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the Did the he, now husband he, of Scott Calvin's ex wife. Didn't he do the voice on Ducktales, or am I totally wrong? The original Ducktales. Yeah. Let's find out. All right, I'm Googling it. You keep going. Okay. And uh, John Ashton plays Sergeant Taggart. And then some people that are familiar, like that you'll recognize, like Ronnie Cox is in this. Uh, He is probably most famous for a couple villain roles. He is Cohagen from Total Recall with our buddy Arnold, the guy who wouldn't give the people air um, (laughs) on Mars. And he was one of the um, like the exec evil executives in RoboCop. Oh yeah, he's not in Ducktales. I'm hundred percent wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this also is one of the earliest, if not the earliest, of uh, Jonathan Banks, who's most famous. I feel like these days for B- Mike Ehrmantraut in Breaking Bad mm. Mm. and Better Call Saul. Really? And then cameoing in a bunch of different shows is like a tough, you know, the tough dad of one of the other characters in the regular ensemble cast. Gotta hide and... that tough dad. <laughs> as Bob alluded to, Paul Reiser is in this, uh, as well as uh, Bronson. Is it Pinchot? Is that how it's pronounced? I think so. I always thought it was. Yeah. Okay. And Pinchot. <laughs> This is the also, it's a very, very small role, but this is the <laughs> film debut of Damon Wayans. Really? It's a very small role. Mm-hmm. It's, Wait, it's a one that? scene. The, wa- the Wayans? <laughs> the Wayans brothers? Oh, oh, okay. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, I don't, I still, wait, what? Who? Who's the Wayans? You'll, the, you'll the, know. Okay. Damon screen. Wayans, Marlon Wayans, Keenan Ivory, Sean. Nope. All right. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't Killing know. me. <laughs> Killing they me. did the white chicks movie, isn't it? Wasn't that what it was called? Those were not Damon, but yes, those were yes, two of the Wayans brothers. I oh, believe Marlon okay, and okay. Sean. I believe I that was Marlon and Sean. Good cultural reference point, but probably not the one they would choose as their. <laughs> yeah, no, of course not. <laughs> I mean, it gave us. But it's the yeah. one I knew she would know. <laughs> I mean, that film it gave us the Terry Crews dancing to Thousand Miles, Vanessa Carlton. So. Yes. <laughs> But okay, so that that's kind of the the people in our cast that we need to uh, touch on, and let's. Uh, I don't think we've settled on. So who's seen this movie? Sorry, I'm losing my train of thought. Who has seen this movie? I've I've seen it, Bob. Obviously, you've seen it. 
I like how Bob raised his hand during an audio podcast. (laughs) (laughs) If I've seen it, it's been a long time, and I remember nothing from it. Yeah, I've seen seen parts of this movie. Okay. This is the first one, correct? Yes. Yes, I have seen this movie, I believe, only once. And I don't really remember when, but I do remember seeing it. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm a little bit shocked at the poll results just now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is it's a it's a pretty good pretty good mix for for this show. Do you guys hear that music? No, because it's time for absurd cloud. Um, Okay, so, uh, Bob, part of what I like to do is, um, like, if you go to IMDb, they have a little section and they pull out, like, the top five keywords, like, keyword or keyword phrases that are, like, searched for this film. And sometimes sometimes, they're wild. Yes, it's usually, (laughs) I like to highlight them. So, we've got five, and it could be a single word or a phrase of two to three words. Anyone want to throw out some guesses on what they think are some of the, the, the key words or key phrases that are associated with this, that are the top five that IMDb decided? And these so just... Uh, if this is on IMDb, then like people aren't searching Eddie Murphy or something. It's more like... Uh, yeah, more it's like they're searching this phrase and it takes them here or this word. Yeah. Hmm. Cop. I don't know. 80s. Funny. Beverly Hills has to be one of them. Yeah. Right? It is. Beverly Hills, okay. California is one of them. Guns. Ding, ding, ding. Guns. No. Uh, what are they trying to... I'm going to say another one because it's really generic. Murder is another one. Oh, okay. Just okay. like murder. <laughs> I assume this would be like a stolen goods type movie, but murder. Okay. Um, I don't know, man. Give us give us some words, Pat. Theme park? Theme park? No, is that that's one in the them? third one. Is the theme park. Uh, is the third one. <gasps> Maybe I haven't seen this movie then. Oh, okay. Oh, um, no. <laughs> another one is <laughs> Death of a Friend. They're very dark, these, for, Those for, are for some a really comedy, specific for a, a famously funny movie. And they got two more, Thrown Through a Window. <laughs> no. And no. this must, I think this is our, our 2021, 2022 shining through, Police Brutality. Yay. Oh. <laughs> There we go. Well, See, that would have nicely with the one I was seeing. <laughs> I'm so excited to like see some of that. From my, from my memory of the movie, I feel like the police experience the brutality more than dole it out in this film, but maybe I'm misremembering it. Yeah. Well, you know, that's that why we have to case. watch it with our 2022 lens, right? Because yeah, exactly. in memory, you know, like Lethal Weapon, you know, it was all ha-ha, good, good in the 80s and then you're like holy shit these are not ethical people mel gibson is hunting people (laughs) (laughs) he is a dark cowl away from being a vigilante basically like it was it was just gary Busey, though i mean that's fair (laughs) (laughs) if anyone should be hunted in any era it's probably him I mean, the whole genre of like police, like going outside the law to stop the bad guys. It, all of those movies, all of those many, many movies are going to look very differently today. Oh, right. yeah. Watching them. Yep. Uh, let's talk a little uh, trivia. Uh, Eddie Murphy, John Ashton, and Judge Reinhold improvised most of their comic lines. Oh, Literally wow. hundreds of takes were ruined by cast members, actors, or the director laughing during shooting. 
<laughs> there's some scenes where if you pay attention, that's you my kind of set. I yeah. like it. <laughs> there's some scenes if you pay attention. John Ashton, who is the you'll, he's the older of the three of them, you can see he's he likes to lean on the like he's pinching the bridge of his nose and like looking down, like he's aggravated <laughs> with the with Eddie Murphy's character, but really it's just he's <laughs> barely containing his laughter. Yes. <clears throat> Awesome. Should we uh, should we turn it into a drinking game? And every time he does that, <laughs> take yeah, a shot. Down. Yeah. Yeah. A shot. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> this shot. is. We talked about. The, oh wait, this is I forgot we weren't in our twenties anymore. Take a yeah. sip of your <laughs> cocktail. This uh, this is definitely the peak of you know golden era eddie murphy because this is the first of seven straight eddie murphy movies in a row that would open at number one at the box office whoa what can you name them all yeah i wrote down so it's beverly hills cop golden child beverly hills cop 2 coming to america harlem nights Mm -hmm. another 48 hours the sequel and boomerang i've only seen one of those yeah i haven't seen most of those movies wow really you haven't yeah. seen Golden Child, All the Beverly Hills Cops, and Coming to America? I've seen <laughs> Coming to Golden America. Child? No, I've never seen Golden Child. Wait, have yeah. I? It's strange that it opened number one because I remember it being a, a fairly notorious bomb. Maybe I'm misremembering that too, but I, I don't I, it think could it have still been. I guess it, I could go look. It depends. Like, who knows? Maybe it opened again. I mean, it could have. Non- everyone like could have gone like, to see it and was like, well, yeah. that was terrible. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> right. There was there have been a couple where it's just like huge hype opening weekend and then dead. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I a, have seen The Golden Child actually. I'm I, I'm going to skip this fact because it's okay. going to mess up the money game. It's going to give you too much information on the money what? game. What? Um, oh. money game? We yeah. have a money game. We'll play the money game yeah. in a minute here. Where you um, win Pat's money? No, I'm just No, kidding. no. <laughs> <laughs> uh so this was it's it's this is obviously a movie it's no secret though this doesn't spoil it it was successful they did three of them it's you know what Eddie murphy at the height no, of his star power <laughs> um but what's very interesting about this that we don't often see with very successful films is the script was being written and rewritten many 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 times even so much as the day of first day of shooting it was still being rewritten Oh. That's a great sign. Yeah, that's that's great. Hmm. Sarcasm. Well, I, I don't want to step on the trivia toes here, Pat, but um, I'm sure no, it's please. somewhere that Sylvester Stallone was originally the the guy who was developing this. I don't know if he wrote a treatment initially or whatever, but he was like the driving force initially as a starring vehicle for for himself. Um, and then Correct. I can't remember what the story is uh, as to how you know it fell to Eddie Murphy instead, but. One can imagine that those improvised jokes that you mentioned would not have, uh, you know, been as in evidence if it was Stallone as opposed to Eddie Murphy in that role. Oh, wow. goodness. That is very correct. This movie was being developed originally as a as a sly vehicle. That's kind of wild to think about. Because, yeah, no, this is like this is this is straight up comedy, right? Like, I don't see. I mean, it's. You'll see. It's 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 like a lot of those '80s movies were like it's super comedic, but it's there's real stakes. It's not like the other guys or something where it's just a spoof almost. It's a it's an like, '80s style action comedy. It's like yeah. very it's like a lot of comedy, but also peppered with like horrific acts of violence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just like, like we, we laughed through the pain. <laughs> I think Stallone. Not to not to harp on Stallone here. 
but I think he made a movie called Cobra a few years later that was essentially mm-hmm. like what he would have turned Beverly Hills Cop into had he been wow. left with it. Ooh. Very so that explains movie. why like all of the jokes are improvised because it's probably there weren't very many written into the script. You would think. I mean, this was before he was uh, doing like uh, "Stop or my mum will shoot" when he tried. You know, when he tried to dip his toes in those waters. Yeah, uh, one would assume this was meant to be a more, much more straightforward, mm-hmm. um, you know, less comedic version. And then Eddie Murphy comes in, and you're not going to have him play Ernest. Uh, you know, at this point in his career, I wouldn't think. Yeah. Man, I'm imagining showing up for on set, and uh, you've just got this like confetti of of script that's been just little pieces of stuff that's been rewritten a thousand times there's hardly anything and they had to shoot something right like so eddie murphy's just like i'm just gonna improv all my lines it's fine don't worry about it mm-hmm. that's how I you don't get envy that, that director <laughs> i mean and there were literally there's reference here to not just like lines in a moment but literally scenes they'd kind of be like ah. Uh, we need to like stitch these two things together and they would kind of throw something together and improv a scene, a mini, a scene to like stitch two other scenes together. Oh. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Very Frankenstein. Now I want to watch the version that has, uh, you know, like the director commentary or a cast member commentary <laughs> underneath pop-up video style so that I can get mm-hmm. all these tidbits throughout the entirety of the movie. Mm-hmm. Seriously. See, right here, right here is where I told myself as a director to go fuck myself. And uh, <laughs> I left. <laughs> this doesn't necessarily uh, impact Money Game, but the before it even was released, the final cut of the movie made such an impression on Paramount executives, they committed to a sequel as soon as the private screening ended. Really? Whoa. That's, That's- unusual. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so we're expecting this to be just like super hot fire. Like we're going to freak out at how good this still is, is what you're telling me? <laughs> yeah, totally. That, I mean, Eddie Murphy did now. back out of doing Gus, go, Gus, Gus Busters oh. to do this. Ghostbusters. Gus bu- <laughs> oh, really? He was going to be in yeah. Ghostbusters? I Gus, didn't know that. <laughs> Ghostbusters are hype men for, for wind. They just talk about how great... <laughs> Wind is. Which type of wind are we talking? <laughs> or wind? No. All right. <laughs> I mean, they all have their own hype men. They're just like, yes, right. I mean, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Brett, draw us the line the... at jokes. That's that's cut. it. We're I cut done. it. Bleeped it. <laughs> Let's do. Actually, them. please bleep it because that joke would be so much funnier if you bleeped it. <laughs> If you bleeped it with a, <laughs> that's how you know you're writing good comedy is when is when the whole joke gets bleeped out and it's funnier. You're really on the right track. Uh, Not the whole joke. <laughs> Let's play money game. Ka-ching! Yeah. Ka-ching! Um, we actually have those sound effects that go in later, Bob, but. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping. Yeah, we're not just yeah <laughs> the sad little. Um, so first thing I want everyone to take a crack at is what do they think this thing cost to make? Budget nineteen eighty four, and it's Paramount. Oh, Paramount nineteen eighty four. Twenty five. How much? Million. I was gonna guess two Bebo. Twenty five million. Twenty five million. That seems low. That does seem low. 
But it's but early the 80s. 80s. I'm going to go 31 mil. I don't know. I'm just shooting in the dark here. I'm going to say 50 million. How Let's much see. stuff do we think explodes? Because that will greatly impact the budget. There's a, I think there's a lot of cars that get destroyed. Yeah. There if is I remember a crazy, correctly. crazy car chase scene in the beginning where all of Detroit's vehicles are, are destroyed. Just all of, all of Detroit. <laughs> yeah. That's a so, lot of vehicles. You wonder why Detroit looks the way it does? This is why. <laughs> well, in 1984, so a lot later. of cars were made in Detroit, so... Hmm. So, I, so this was the first of Eddie Murphy's number one streak. But what did he have a lot of stuff before this? Yeah, I mean, he had he was a star in his own right. He was I'll on SNL. Okay. Yeah, he had done he done the first forty eight hours, not just forty eight hours. Uh, let's here, I'll, I'll tell you exactly. Yeah, so I'm he was right on there, SNL, right but there. like, so that's that's a thing in its own right, right? Because there's people who are on SNL who get SNL movies and then the other mm-hmm. people was this a, was this an SNL thing or was this its own no, no. I mean no. he as far as movies before this he did 48 hours which was his first big starring role he did trading places the year before mm-hmm. okay all right okay i'm going to say this got this was fairly well funded there. i'm going to say like 55 yeah 55 did everyone go yeah yes. i did 50 oh sorry ash i know Whoever, Y'all way overshot. Whoever's lowest, I think it was Ash did, or Sam. Did you go under Bob or I went over no. thirty one. She went over. So Bob, you win. It was oh thirteen wow. million. Holy crap! Holy moly! <laughs> and wow. four of that went to Eddie. Wow! wow. Oh my god! What? I was so they shot this. Four went to Judge Reinhold. Holy guacamole! <laughs> they shot this on nine million. Wow! Yeah, that's impressive. That's like Napoleon Dynamite status, like. Next to free. Even more so, it was actually budgeted for 14 with four to Eddie, and they came in at 13. They came in a million under budget. Who comes what? in a million what? under budget? Who was the producer on this? <laughs> they deserve a medal. That is even, wild. I feel like even for 80s, I mean, budgets were lower, but like, good grief. Maybe they just got everything right the first take and they like budgeted for all this film and like we know for a fact that they didn't. Yeah, it is Pat they, they said outtakes after <laughs> hundreds outtakes. of takes were ruined. Uh, well So that's what true. do we let's just skip to worldwide gross. What did this thing do worldwide? Well Worldwide. World- How many people did it gross out worldwide? Uh I don't I'm gonna go yeah, for- that's a lot you said 200 million is that what you said yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna say that like 150 i was really? gonna say 51 but i don't know yeah i was thinking i'm gonna say 60 okay man you guys went the other way uh worldwide gross 316 Ooh. million dollars wow <laughs> this Wait, was that a is... blockbuster my god Mm-hmm. That's a good Divided return on investment. But see, that's twenty three percent, or or it, it made twenty three times. times. Sorry, <laughs> not twenty three percent. Twenty three percent. I know math. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, big hit, smash it. That's that's, that's let Eddie Murphy do whatever he wants for the next decade. Money. Yeah, that explains a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're still letting him do whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah. I want, uh, uh, this was the highest grossing R-rated film in the U.S. until The Matrix Reloaded. What? In 03. Oh my 
Wow. It had a two-decade stand as the highest-grossing R-rated movie? Mm -hmm. Wow. You know what's crazy about that is, like, I... I've definitely, you know, I've heard of Beverly Hills Cop and all that, but like, to me, it feels like Ghostbusters is the more successful movie, but I guess not. Well, was you know Ghostbusters what I mean? like- R or was it PG-13? Oh, I think Ghostbusters I was PG-13. Got it. Okay. Or just PG because ratings were fucking wild back then. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, they still are. True. So let's, uh, let's do predictions. What do we think? Okay. And then we're going to watch this thing. Um, I, mm, mm. I don't know. I think there's a slim chance that this movie is going to have some like really awesome, hilarious comedy on the power that we give to the police force and how inept they are sometimes. But I think that's a slim chance. And I think the more likely option is that there's going to be a lot of cringe in here. Ooh. Interesting. So, hmm. so we're not going to get that uh, uh, surprisingly redeeming uh, super bad take. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's slim. I want that. I want that so bad deep in my heart. I mean, there is Eddie Murphy playing who I'm assuming is a cop, I hope. Uh, so Correct. Hopefully he brings sort of his real life experience to the script, but... We're going to watch well, this. I don't know. I don't know. This, but he, he wasn't actually a cop. He was just a comic actor um, back in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I met his experience as a black man with police brutality, <laughs> but you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Goodness. Um, gosh. I, w- I hate getting tickets, but if Eddie Murphy was the one writing me a ticket, I don't think I'd be that bummed. He'd probably make you laugh while he gave it to you. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I'm wondering how this is going to go as well, because we keep watching stuff, and we've been watching shows on TV recently, and uh, uh, there's definitely a lot of like, <laughs> this is a, a decade or two old, and uh, you know that meme, the Are We the Baddies? keeps coming up about about any time cops show up on screen and how we used to feel about the things police did uh but also the 80s eddie murphy stuff is really funny so like uh maybe maybe they're gonna i i think it's gonna be hilarious i'm gonna laugh for sure uh but yeah i am a little i have the same concerns that sam does i'm like i don't know maybe we're gonna watch this and be like ah, maybe the cops are the bad guys but hopefully not so you know the movie a uh, troop beverly hills that's about the like super rich <laughs> the super is that goldie hahn yeah no well yes it's shelly long shelly long. Okay. long um so i hope in my heart that it is like that but with cops <laughs> And what? <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> okay, perfect. Oh, no. I'm so excited. Yeah, I want I want Eddie Murphy's super bad is what I want. Why super bad? Why is super bad your touchstone? Because that, that was the one that we watched because... where everybody was like, this is gonna oh, be fucking the... terrible. And yeah. then yeah. like the cops were like, No, that was actually really good. Like oh, okay, yes, yes, yes. I forgot there were cops in the cops thing. Yeah. Right. Well, I I feel like okay, I I'm uncertain. If I've seen this one, or if I've seen the third one, I mean, 
Because I remember the theme park. I could have seen them all. And perhaps I'm just remembering that one. But I also feel like, and I could be, again, wildly wrong. But I also feel like Eddie Murphy plays a cop that, like, like, in a way, the cops kind of are villains because... They're like, no, Eddie Murphy, we can't do that. And he's like, fuck this. I'm taking things into my own hands or whatever. But I could be totally wrong. I feel like that's what happens. Um, that was a dynamite impression of Eddie Murphy, by the thank way. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I studied long and hard. Uh. Uh, and uh, But I remember really liking it. And I feel like I've seen it within the past 10 years and and laughed a lot. So I feel pretty positive towards it. But again, not sure if I've actually seen this movie. So I say if it had a seat at Disneyland, that's number three. <laughs> <laughs> Wally World, I think it's technically called. Not yeah, yeah. I was, did they not shoot the in Disneyland? I think so. It was like a Matterhorn. I, I, it looks like it. Oh, wow. It, I think it's a, it's a thinly veiled copy of Disneyland, but they didn't have the yeah. right. They made up some... Some yeah, totally. I don't think they actually shot at Disneyland, but you're telling me Disney wasn't cool with their theme parks being the setting of a gunfight. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. No, they kind of just went have? into it. No. Um, so, Bob, Bob you have get, you I, seen this movie? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've seen it. I think more and more recently than everyone else combined. Um, so I feel like I, sh- I know what I'm going to think about it. I should maybe try and guess what you all will think about it based on the 15 minutes we've spent together in our lives so far. Uh, I'm going to guess that some of the outdated stuff is just, it's part of, you know, what you accept going into watching any movie this old. Um, but I think it is mitigated by uh, stuff that I don't want to get into specifically, and we can talk about it later to see if I'm right or not, but it's mitigated to a certain extent by, you know, Eddie Murphy's perspective, and more importantly, by his charm and comedic timing and just presence. So I'm going to guess that uh, the Rotten Tomatoes score here will be 100%, (laughs) but within that, the grades will range from A plus to uh, like a solid B. Okay. That's pretty good. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Yeah. I think that's I, I think I, I think myself, I know I'm I think I'm gonna like it and enjoy it. I think all of us are it's gonna be a net positive. Hey, take a shot if you're playing the <laughs> let's rewatch drinking game at home. Um <laughs> Yes, I I I'd be willing to bet there's gonna be one or two jokes that don't hold up. You know, this is very much in that era when, like for example, being gay was the punchline, right? Mm-hmm. And that was okay, and and you know, obviously, is that a not thing okay. in this movie? I don't think I don't I don't know. Maybe no, that's Bob what I'm saying. But I know good. Eddie. Bob I know is Eddie, shaking his head. Yes. <laughs> well, I know Eddie has a little bit of a like he he like his specials that is really famous from the '80s. He had some oh. um, jokes that were pretty homophobic by today's standards. Um, mm. I mean, he had a but, whole in. in um, delirious he had a whole like opening segment that was way out of bounds e- even by not today's standards <laughs> i would say there's nothing that over the line but there's definitely a couple characters and a couple yeah. moments that are leaning into what you just said patrick that just the idea of being gay was used as a punchline in in mm-hmm. a lot of these movies back then so oh, yes mm-hmm. that's stuff that will obviously bump um but it's not 
as egregious as as his special, which is a really like a strange bar to compare it to because that special is pretty pretty uh, over the top. <clears throat> yeah, and we run into it in movies of this era all the time, and then we'll have that discussion where it's you know the movie overall still works. This this one piece needs to go or something, mm-hmm. you know. This, but uh, I think we're going to. It's going to be an enjoyable watch for all of us. So all let's right. go find out. Awesome. So, yeah, yeah we're going to pause the recording here and, and go watch not Kindergarten Cop, but Beverly Hills Cop. And we will see you when we get back. Hey, all you amazing sentient beings. This is Case Aiken from Certain POV. And outside of podcasting, I work with a group that does Star Trek fan films called Starship Farragut. For 15 years, we've been doing material inspired by the original Star Trek series. But now we're moving on to the movie era with our latest production, Farragut Forward. And that means new sets, new props, and we're going to have to make those monster maroon uniforms. So we have a crowdfunder running right now. Backers can get access to our soundtracks, have their names show up on screen as part of a duty roster, or even get a walk on roll. Our hope is that this is just the beginning and that the assets we create with the money we raise will go towards future productions including possibly a sequel that may just be written by a certain scruffy, nerf-hurting Man of Steel who'll take another pass at it. Wink, wink. To back the production, go to Indiegogo and look up Farragut Forward, or find us on Twitter at Farragut1921. And hey, while you're at it, check out the three-minute prologue we put together to show what we can do. But in the meantime, live long and prosper. Brett has an amazing TikTok of the like aughts remix of that with like a weird frog. It's like in the Yeah, the, the frog, the bullfrog yeah. one or whatever. And yeah. there's like a bunch of people <laughs> dressed up as frogs doing a synchronized dance to this song. And what? it is <laughs> gold. <laughs> it is gold. That song is great. Awesome. What's it? You, oh, have you, did you never hear that, Ash? The No. No. The ax- it's so. called like Axel Foley is the name of the song. They oh, really wow. got the ultimate like full amount of use out of that song. Oh my movie. gosh. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm not mad at it. No. I could so, hear it like 20 more times and still be like rocking out. And yeah. they had yeah. it all like motifed yeah. up. Like there's like a serious version of it and uh-huh. like the party version of it. It's <laughs> all over. Mm-hmm. Whatever like the electronic group that created it is called Crazy Frog is the yeah. name of like the DJ or whatever. And it oh. was released in 05. It was huge. It was the number one song in the oh, world yeah. for a time. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Not the original score, Ash. No. This version of it. The 05 Crazy Frog version of it. Oh, was, yeah. oh okay. Wow. I'll have to check this out. It's it's very catchy. That is. That is I'll make yeah, Brett send totally. the TikTok I mean, in the group chat. <laughs> oh, Bob, we're back, by the way. We're in the show. Like, this is happening. Gotcha. This, is, this isn't pre-roll banter. Like, we are, this is, I feel like that wasn't Welcome clear. Welcome to you're, the you're content. Patiently, like, this is the like, hot mess that is our show. <laughs> yeah, hopefully Welcome. you were rolling. Uh, I love it. My, can I just quickly I, I was, say, I love it. one of my favorite par- uh, parts about watching this movie, my experience was trying to convince Bryce that Judge Reinhold was not Jason Seagal through the entire movie. Jason Seagal? I mean, yeah. Seagal, like. yeah. <laughs> oh, man, he could play his dad in something. He was yeah. like, he was like, that's the guy from How I Met Your Mother. And I was like, no, no, it's not. 
He did. Judge Reinhold, if I'm not mistaken, did a body swap movie with. Oh, I, I want to say it was Kirk Cameron, but it was some like, teen star of that era back in the day. But maybe oh. nowadays, body swap yeah. with him and Jason Siegel is the way to go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> I want to look that up now. Um, so should I just come out and say it? What, what do you want to say? Yes. yes. I love the fuck out of this movie, guys. Yay! <laughs> I loved it. It was like cheesy, but also had like just enough seriousness. And it was just mm-hmm. like this beautiful, like 80s idealized portrayal of what the police force should be. Like, they're all about rules. They don't fire their weapons unless they have to. And like, they protect and serve and like, that's what it should be. And I, I just got a kick out of it. I feel like we also <laughs> got what like what you asked for in the beginning, where you're like Eddie Murphy's experience as a black man, like he gets thrown through yeah, a window I and know. they arrest him. I He's know. like, what the hell? And I was like, Welcome to Beverly Hills. Like, hmm. uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't remember yeah. which of our friends I cannot. <laughs> I don't remember which of our friends it happened to, but they, they had an experience like that in Newport Beach, uh, where they had the the cops tell them uh, 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 it was a get out of Malibu Lebowski moment that they were like driving through a really? piece of shit car and the cops pulled them over and they're just like, get out of our town. You don't belong here. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think that was, uh, who was on Let's Drink? I thought it was your Let's Drink. Yeah, that might be in the footage archive somewhere. Yeah, let me just go digging through that. Yeah, yeah should you get on that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, I've got trivia. Super how, fun. How fucking charismatic is Eddie Murphy in this era? So amazing. So oh good. This smile, like yeah. when he's at the warehouse and the security guard sees him and he reacts with that big smile, like, hey, come here. Like, it's so <laughs> yes. like, I would have, I would have walked right up, like, hey, you uh, look fun. Like, sure. <laughs> let's yeah. be buddies. <laughs> My favorite one is when he pulls up to like the fancy like restaurant and he gives his keys to the valet and he's like, hey, park it somewhere better this time because all the shit happened last time I parked here. <laughs> <laughs> but also like so it was just so well written because yeah. that's what his character did is he talked him ha- talked himself out of trouble. So all the time he got himself into trouble, but he was able to talk himself out. Uh, mm-hmm. And I loved that. And it was so, like, fun to see what he would come up with next. Like, what? How, whoa, how is he going to talk himself out of this, you know, scenario? And it was It's absolutely wild to think that this was originally meant for Sylvester. Did you say Sylvester Stallone? Is that who you said yeah. it? I don't see how that would have yeah. worked yeah. at all. Wild. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Very different movie. But, but, yeah. Yeah, I think what- and it's amazing because I think Eddie Murphy was like early 20s around the time this was shooting. It could be a little wow. bit skewing a little bit younger than he was, but he, he wasn't very old at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he started on SNL when he was like 19 and that was just a few years before this. So the uh, the sort of poise that he has and if it's true that all of those comedic scenes were just improv the way that I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of talk nowadays about improv in in comedy especially in you know comedic films like the whole apatow gang you hear about that a lot Mm -hmm. right like how loose those sets are um and there's just something about his 
calm and his like his ability to just deadpan it so naturally that it feels like a different style almost like he's just oh, such totally. a he's such a natural and he's so effortless that it lands every time because you just you know you buy it a yeah. great example of that is it like deadpan the super cop speech he gives My where he God. lies about what happened at the strip oh, side that so was improv that oh, was really? improv. Yeah. Oh my god! Wow. Yeah, that was I, well, the, that was, was the scene the you were talking was, about yeah. with the eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Pulling his eyes, just like trying not <laughs> yeah, to laugh yeah, the entire pitching. time. So um, good. And, and, you, and as we mentioned, this was again originally going to be Sylvester Stallone, but also it didn't just immediately go Stallone Murphy. Do you want to hear the wild, massive list of yes. very large names that were also is Arnold on considered? it? Because yes, he is. <laughs> oh, let me get- god. This list is way this oh list is way bigger and way more wide ranging than you're ever gonna imagine. Okay, here we go. So after Stallone besides Stallone and Murphy, Mickey Rourke, Jeff Bridges, James Kahn, Billy Crystal, Robert De Niro, Harrison Ford, Richard Gere, Mel Gibson, Gregory Hines, Michael Keaton, Nick Nolte, Al Pacino, Richard Pryor, Dennis Quaid, Kurt Russell, Arnold Schwarzenegger, John Travolta, Robin Williams, and Bruce Willis. You're naming two Robin Niacos Willis? There. Wow. Billy Crystal? Billy <laughs> Crystal, oh, no. yeah. It's basically everyone like it's yeah. like are you a, a yeah like well, an action star f- or a comedy star in the 80s like, yeah to be fair they, they all didn't got a meeting have a big budget so that's true I think they probably had the mentality of like we'll take whoever we can get and- they had stamps and they sent out letters to everyone yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's that other million dollars of the budget that they just didn't. They're like, <laughs> yeah, we that didn't. They were prepared to go as high as five million for the lead. Like, the- yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to talk more about this feeling of the different genre because I had that thought too, but it wasn't so much about the comedy as it was like. It feels like a movie like this not couldn't be made today, but like wouldn't be made today. And and it's. I feel like it's been a while since I've seen a movie that had this kind of comedy in it that wasn't supposed to be like a meta joke or a commentary on something else like this was its own Mm. story and like from nothing and the comedy was about the story itself and it was very like in universe which it struck me as I i can't remember the last time i've seen a property that was like that like in the past decade even that wasn't yeah. that jokes weren't just like meta, even like outside of the movie, like the character makes a joke and it's because there's another franchise that does that. Right. A lot of times, too, nowadays, the like, though, I, I guess we're kind of swinging in the other direction. But like, I feel like most of the time the main character protagonist is the straight man and the other side characters are the funny, wacky characters versus this was the inverse. Like everyone was the straight man. Except for maybe that coffee guy at the art dealership. Yeah. Yeah. He was the best. Side note, a lemon twist in an espresso is delightful. Ooh, it's it seems I weird. Citrus and coffee together, it works. It's great. I have had orange and coffee and it's very good. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how they I'm assuming it wasn't scripted. Like I, when you watch you guys are talking about the um the improv that Eddie Murphy does and how the actor playing Taggart has to, you know, disguise his laughter. You can feel it in the scene with the first scene with Bronson Pinchot where he's throwing Eddie Murphy off. Like he's throwing stuff at Eddie Murphy that he's not he's not quite expecting and he, he rolls <laughs> with it. Like that is the one scene where he becomes the straight man as he's just sort of alluded to, but 
I don't know how they didn't crack up when they come back the second time and Judge Reinhold says, yeah, I'll take a lemon twist if it's not too much trouble. And yeah. Serge says, don't, don't be stupid and just walks away. Yeah, don't be stupid. Such, such disdain. For, like, why would that be a problem? And it, it's, it, I assume it wasn't scripted and I, I assume it was off the cuff, but how oh, everyone so didn't crack up in that moment is uh, a sign of their, I guess they were just used to it by that point in shooting. Yeah. They've probably done so many takes at that point. Yeah. How many takes <laughs> did it take Ugh. to get to the center of Eddie Murphy's joke? <laughs> um, I did catch uh, even so this, even the stuff that we thought was going to be problematic in this movie, there was the, the uh, Eddie Murphy pretending to be gay to get into the, uh, uh, mm-hmm the club or whatever the, the club the, yeah the breakfast club what do you call that well there's a word for it uh <laughs> like country club no the country club. club there Gentleman's you go no 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 that was the other scene um <laughs> uh but the it was we talked about it in the moment i was like well that's this is hilarious and funny because the punchline isn't being gay the punchline was how awkward it is to talk about personal stuff uh and that was just like his undercover persona and he wasn't like hamming it up or anything. It was just like, you know, I need to get in here and here's a way that I could get in. Like just by playing the, the, uh, social aspects of this place. Yeah. So it was fun. Yeah. But it's also playing into the stereotype that gay men spread as, you know, sexual disease. And I, I don't know. Oh, I don't know that that's great, you know? I could see that, yeah. but if it's he like was right on that, yeah, I could I see if there was a lady line. playing the same part that yeah. that scene also would have worked. Yeah, yeah, it's just the whole thing with you but know, I totally AIDS. get that. Yeah, but he wasn't saying <laughs> think, he had AIDS. He wasn't, right? but I think, I think I, it was. I see what implied. Ash is saying. Yeah, it's, totally. It's far from the the worst thing we've seen in the, this era. That's for um, sure. Yeah, totally. But um, yeah, I, I can see both. Like it's like yeah, I can see because it's not a great stereotype. But it's no crocodile it, Dundee. Oh. But but to, but to no. press it, it, there wasn't just the joke a full wasn't, on dick grab in there. Yeah, <laughs> the joke wasn't that the Mater D was uncomfortable because he was gay. He was uncomfortable because I don't want to go tell this rich guy he has a STD. Yeah, that's yeah. not, a, that's not <laughs> yeah. what my my job is. So you can go do that. Yeah. But also, Ash, I, I 100% see what you're saying. Totally. I would say it's a joke that I think, Ash, you're totally right. With the perspective of the 80s, that was the joke. Mm-hmm. But it totally mm-hmm. hits different now that we're a less homophobic society. And I didn't even think about that aspect. Yeah, because well, we were so focused on the act, the literal joke that, like, the literal joke wasn't problematic. But yeah, I didn't think about the uh yeah the connotation especially because it was the 80s and it was like in full swing so you know yeah yeah totally speaking of as far as like improv and other people that were improving besides eddie um judge reinhold got in on that a little bit so uh the backstory so to cast the roles of, of rosewood and taggart the director would pair up various finalists together and ask them to do some improv and his direction to them to each pair of actors was okay you're a middle-aged couple married for years. You're having a conversation on an average evening. And that conversation about the article about like red meat in your stomach, that Reinhold in their audition improv, like picked up a ma- random magazine and like <laughs> improv that. And they liked it so much they kept it in the film. Wow. Wow. That That's made great. me laugh. The improv I always love stuff great. like that because you, you get a lot of um, 
you know, like in, in my job, even you get notes from executives or whomever um, that often are in the, in the category of like, if it doesn't move the story forward, then just, you know, lose it because you're always constrained by time and budget and all that stuff. But that whole interplay between the two of them, that's just like this weird runner that serves as, you know, a header to a scene or a little break in a scene. It, it adds flavor to the movie that makes it, you know, that much better that elevates it in my opinion. And if you lost that, I think it still would have made 300 and some million worldwide or whatever, but it's one of those like on repeated viewings, you appreciate how many layers there are to the onion and it's not like super sophisticated or, uh, you know, the usual suspects type thing where they've laid in all these clues that mean something later or anything like that. It's more just like, it's just so, it's so true to those characters as much as um, you want to believe those people actually exist, but it makes them feel like they're, they're so much more than the generic cops that you've seen in a thousand movies before that. Like they actually have lives outside of that world. And I feel like that makes what's going on with the actual plot and the, you know, the case that they're involved in, it just hits a bit harder because now I kind of know, or I have a, a little hint of, of who these guys are, you know, outside of the, the two hours that we're we're spending with them right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. It's and- character building, and this was a very character driven movie, and that's what made it so fun was watching how these characters would react in these situations. And mm-hmm. I wish more movies came out like that what, today. What, what I, were you I watching really recently? Like where it was like the world is so big. Like they go all around the world, but the the movie feels claustrophobic because like there's nothing fleshed out. Like every single character is key to the plot, and every line is about the plot. And there's Matrix like Matrix Four. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what it was. What is it? Very Matrix much. Four. <laughs> uh, not familiar even. Yeah, it was. Uh, but yeah, th- this one absolutely. Wait, you're not familiar it's with like Matrix a, uh, Four? Was that a joke? I'm not sure if you're joking. No, I really don't know what that is. Matrix the new, Score. The new Matrix. Matrix Four. Matrix Four. No, Matrix Four. <laughs> I said Major Score. It's no. called Matrix Resurrections. What are you talking about? Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Major Score is like, oh, it's a heist film. They're going around the world. Okay. Um, Write it. For- <laughs> it's kind of like the Bechdel test, but for like, is your world fleshed out? Is there anything in your movie that isn't about the plot? And if not, <laughs> oh, interesting, interesting, interesting. I like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because like the, you know, in, in the inverse, the other set of cops that were like their nemesis set, like really had no character development or anything. They were just cops. But I loved the dynamic between. The other two and how uh, what was his character name? Was it Billy? I think it was Billy Rosewood. Is the yeah, Rosewood. How he, he's like he's like kind of just an airhead, but also like kind of concerned about the other one. He's like, "You've been drinking a lot of coffee, you know." It's so great. <laughs> I love it. He is like the the young trophy wife for the middle aged, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, salt of exactly. the earth guy. Yeah. Also, that was like the most. High tech police department I've ever seen. Oh my gosh, that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you know, they're in Beverly Hills, so I'm sure their funding's. I mean, look at funding of police agencies in other cities. I mean, yeah. <laughs> their funding then, is on the level of NASA. 
I yeah. saw I saw the chart for like the Portland PD, and Portland PD makes up over half of the city budget. Like, holy shit! Oh, and somebody stole a car in front of our house, and it took me eighteen minutes to get a hold of the police. <laughs> It was wow. super awesome. Wow. Like you saw the person steal the car? I went out They pulled to up them. in a stolen car. Yeah. And they oh. were cutting the catalytic converter off. And I went up and I was like, are you having car trouble? And they were like all tweaked out. Like, no. And then they sped off. It was great. Thanks, PPD. We can complain Speaking about cops of- a lot, but we can move on too. <laughs> <laughs> well, well just say, that's a great segue because I have a little fact. Yeah, speaking of like being not as helpful. Uh, so like most of the opening scenes were actually filmed in Detroit. Uh, Martin Brest, the director and the crew were Brest? somewhat escorted. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to do it again. The joke. Um, no, we're, we're sometimes escorted around the city by Detroit police. Uh, but there were times they refused to follow them when they thought they were going into too dangerous a neighborhood, so they just let them go by themselves. Excuse the crew, me. Whoa. And they went out and filmed. That feels like that's amazing. So much more damning for the police department than anything else. Like, no, I, that's what I meant. Yeah. Wow. They just let them go. It, like, it's okay. Interesting. Interesting. You say that because um, I mean, I noticed this time, maybe for the first time in a while, like how. Um, how much care they took in contrasting, you know, just the, the general vibe of Detroit versus the general vibe of Beverly Hills. Like the opening of the movie in Detroit is essentially that same opening that when, when Eddie Murphy's first driving through Beverly Hills, right. It's just kind of Mm -hmm. like the, the beginning of the Sopranos, like driving through town to get a feel for it. And Detroit is just such a shithole. And the, the police station is, is so low tech and garbage compared. It looks like the YMCA, uh, yeah. compared to the Beverly Hills police station. Like <laughs> yeah, they, totally. really, they they speed through the, the plot fast enough that you don't really pay a ton of attention to it, but they did they did such a good job, I thought, of showing the the haves and the have nots. Um and one other tidbit that may be in your trivia, Patrick, too, is that Inspector Todd is a real life Detroit cop who's what? quite uh, was Which quite notorious was in his day for That was Axel's boss Todd. in Detroit. Oh he's an actual cop. Yeah. Really? That's interesting. Ran, ran for mayor of Detroit at one point in uh, early 2000s, I think, and, and you know was famous for solving a few big cases, but also a little bit notorious as a uh, alleged um, purveyor of corruption and fraud. I don't want to disgrace oh. the man's memory, but this is what I heard on a podcast once. So I'm wow. So it, it must be true. <laughs> and yeah, now exactly. you've heard it on this podcast. We've never Two relayed podcasts. false information, that's for sure. <laughs> it was Gilbert Hill. If you're going to look him up later, anyone on your own. You know, Gilbert he was R. pretty Hill. good for a non-actor. I mean, he just played himself, essentially. Yeah. But still, I mean, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, going back to your thing, uh, your comment about contrasting Detroit versus Beverly Hills. I really liked the way that they did it because they just showed like normal life in Detroit, but they really highlighted the opulence of Beverly Hills. Cause that's where like you kind of expect subtle like racism and bad things to like happen in old films like that. But I liked the way they did it because they were just normal people like having a normal life, like something you could relate to in the scenes of Detroit. Like you're just hanging out with your friends, you know, you're tailgating and Mm -hmm. drinking beer, like that sort of thing. And then Beverly Hills, 
It was like very unrelatable, like ridiculous cars, ridiculous outfits, wearing leather down the street in June, like hilarious things <laughs> like that. And it's, I really, yeah. I like that subtle touch. It's intense. Beverly Hills is a lot. It's I'm, not. Never. It's been. hard to caricature because it kind of just driving through. It's like, yeah, this this is exactly what I thought it would be. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we were watching the movie and Bryce was like, "I'm pretty sure we've driven down this street," and I was like, "Yeah, you're right." Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, his, I never uh, intend his, to go to Beverly Hills, but it's like sometimes you accidentally drive through it and you're like, "You're like, where am I all of a sudden? This isn't L.A. <laughs> What's happening?" Yeah, it's so expensive. Um, I still remember last time we were out there, Sam, we saw you guys. Year, I mean, that feels like yeah. so long ago. Uh, we st- We went, Katie and I went to the Beverly Wilshire Hotel for like, let's get a drink. This will be fun. Let's go to the hotel mm. bar and get a drink. One drink each, one cocktail each from like their special cocktail menu. Tab for two drinks, 60 bucks. I was like, oh my God. That tracks. $30 that tracks. drinks. Hey, at, they least, were good, but- at least you got free lunch at Netflix, right? That's true. Yeah. That's right. We did. <laughs> there you go. Lunch and a drink, 60 bucks in LA. Not that bad. Yeah, that's not that Asterisk. bad. Really. <laughs> I was thinking when, when they're like, he's like, how much is it a night? And they're like, $235. And I was like, oh, that's not that bad. No. I know. Nowadays. <laughs> there is a note here in with inflate today that would be like something like $650 for a room. Okay. Boy. Wow. Nope. That's nope. some people's I, weekly I his, salary. Uh, his pregnant pause when they tell him the room rate before he <laughs> yeah. accepts it was pretty great. Like, yeah, fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> tell Michael my room number if he calls. So, oh, the fun story. Ending- oh, sorry. But the, no, you go. You go. The ending with the robe, and he's like, Here, I, I got you this robe. He's like, No, no, no. You take it. <laughs> he's like, I already got three in my bag. We <laughs> died laughing. That was so good. And we were not expecting it. Like, in the beginning, they plant that. Like, yeah, he's going to steal a mm-hmm. robe. Like, that's funny. But you, mm-hmm. by the end of the movie, you don't remember that. It was just <laughs> such a great little callback. Loved it. I have like, an interesting fact. So, again, um, Martin Brest, the director of this. So, he was relatively new. And he almost, he actually was originally hired to be the director of War Games. I don't know if you remember that movie. Mm-hmm. But he was Whoa. fired from it. Oh. Huh. Wow. And that was only his second directing job in the industry. And a lot of studios considered him damaged goods at that point. Yeah. Uh, Don Simpson Ugh. and Jerry Bruckheimer disagreed. And they kept calling him and asked him to direct this film. He kept declining <laughs> and eventually took his phone off the hook. What? what? Bruckheimer did not take the hint and kept trying. And listen to this. Bress says, claims in interviews, he made the decision to give directing another shot by flipping a coin oh my goodness well that was a good decision fate intervened there because this is a very good movie that still holds up and they made more did he direct the sequels too uh let me double check give me two seconds no he did not i'm i'm on his imdb right now Thanks, Ash. Thanks for the but assist. But he he did direct Meet Joe Black, so that's right. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. Fucking car wreck scene in the beginning is wild. The same movie, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The car. We didn't really talk about that. The the car chase in the beginning, like 
That's yeah, really that cost a decent chunk, right? Yeah, there were some well, explosions. Speaking of things you could never ever do nowadays, I, I put that at the top of the list over anything you know, plot wise or theme wise. There's no way you're destroying that many cars for real nowadays. Somebody would make you do that digitally; it would look terrible. Um, but you could feel like the visceral impact of each sideswipe of a parked vehicle throughout that chase, and uh, I feel like that's a. Uh, you know, emblematic of what's been lost in this, uh, you know, the shift to doing things on a computer screen or with graphics instead of for real. I'm interested about... I actually saw a behind-the-scenes clip from Shang-Chi. 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 And uh, and it was like, again, it was the bus scene. And I was shocked. Those are real cars. They really had really? the bus drive over real cars. And I, because I thought the exact same thing, Bob, I was like, surely this is CG, but I think they do still practically destroy vehicles. Now, do they now when cars are stupid expensive? I don't know. <laughs> Fun fact about that scene, too the villain he's fighting, uh, it's not CG. They actually cut his hand off and put a big sword on his wrist. <laughs> well i was gonna say with the car chase scene in this movie though uh I, what i was impressed with i was like dang is that really like the stunt like uh eddie's stunt person whoever that was when the car when there's one scene it whips around and oh, you see it's yeah. a person holding on to the chains like 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 fishtailing yeah. like what like out and like yeah. out past like to the side of the truck and then back i'm like dang they really i feel like they really did that he yeah. was really holding on there. <laughs> there was one where he like flung out. It definitely out. looked like it. It looked like uh-huh. it. Yeah, where he's like outside the truck, yeah. like hanging on at like 45 degree angle. Like his feet are flailed out. I love how Eddie Murphy, like you can tell he's still so young in that movie. Not so much like his face looks, you know, old enough to be a cop at least. But when he's in the Detroit precinct in the beginning and he's got his little tight tank top on, He's got the kind of belly that's not fat. It's like a kid's belly, you know, or mm. things haven't quite settled yet. And I think it's because he was 14 years old at the time, even with that mustache. I, I did just look up. He was born <laughs> in 61. So he was 23 when this movie came out. Wow. So he's a baby. Crazy. That is crazy. That makes me feel like 23 years old got paid four million. I haven't accomplished in 80s money. much in life. <laughs> 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 I mean, he's definitely slowed down a fair bit. So I feel like, you know, if yeah. you're talking about an average level of production over the course of one's life, you've got time to catch up. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> you're welcome. Sir, yes, who cre- works on yeah. television shows, <laughs> also makes me feel unaccomplished. Well, <laughs> in fairness, there are other people's television shows. So it's not really uh, yeah, <laughs> it's that's not true. cracked up to be. And you do all the work, right? <laughs> True. No credit. He slowed, all the work. He slowed down on like there's a period like the odds that seemed like he made it slow down on like very visible things with his face. But we forget. Do you know how many fucking Shrek things there are? Oh my god! Yeah, not just the main movies, the like four movies. There's like so many specials and shorts and for TV and holiday things, and he's on all of that shit. And there's so many on there. That's the thing. If you can voice act on some big franchise, we're going to do a bunch of stuff. It's like, dang, you're mm-hmm. good. Cause like, I mean, like really, a, it you... is his best role. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't like Donkey? I mean, Shrek, I love Donkey. At first, 
But now that Brett's back, boom, Sorry, we're guys. jumping right in. Brett, no time to breathe, Brett. No time to breathe. You're back. We're doing Lion BB. Yes. Boom. All right, Bob, I'm about to lie to you. Okay. I'm going to say three totally real facts, except one of them is not a totally real fact. It's total bullshit that I made up. You all have okay. to decide, figure out which of these three are, is the fake fact. Totally real fact number one. Uh, Eddie Murphy is um, not a full blown lifetime sober, but he is very much a teetotaler. He has never done. He doesn't uh, does not do drugs. He does not really drink, and he considers even caffeine a drug so much so that when they were filming some scenes, he would get really really tired, and he even resisted and pushed back against them trying to give him coffee to mm-hmm. give him some energy for scenes. Is that why he handled the was, coffee grains? Like you've what? never seen the substance before. <laughs> also, oh, real it? quick side note, I liked, I was going to thank you, Ash. When uh, Jenny picks up and like puts it right to her nose, I'm like, uh-huh. it's coffee grounds. As soon as you pop that lid with that much in there, it's going to whoosh, like mm-hmm. waft over you. You're not going to have to put that six inches from your nose. It's for the like, audience. <laughs> uh, is Eddie Murphy not the guy that made I like to party all the time? No, it's my girl likes to party all the time. Oh, maybe okay. I made that up. All right, maybe that's right. a that's a a lie. That's not a real fact. It's a pat fact. Uh, number two, <laughs> maybe Eddie has a def- different definition of partying than than you do. True. Yeah. Uh, totally real fact number two. Seances, this right? That's that's what you mean. <laughs> movie franchise spawned not one but two video game ap- adaptations. <laughs> One one Sorry. for multiple systems like the Amiga, Atari, and Commodore sixty four, and later an adaptation for the PS two. No, what? That was so crazy. It must be real. Though. Totally real. <laughs> fact number three. While the Detroit police were less than cooperative, the Beverly Hills police were very cooperative, and the scenes set in the headquarters were actually filmed in the Beverly Hills precinct. Really? No, no, no hmm. way. Maybe the office. All right, that one's fake. That's what I'm going with. That one's fake. Okay. Though I, I find it really hard to believe that Eddie Murphy would be on SNL and not do some sort of stimulant. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that one's the fake I'm going to say that. Oh, go ahead. I, I'm going to go the opposite way. I think number one is true um, because I've, I've heard whispers about that or, or suggestions of that before. Um. Number two, I have no idea about because I don't play video games in general, so I wouldn't know. It seems reasonable that every major movie franchise would have video game adaptations. Number three, I feel like contradicts what you just told us earlier about the helpfulness of the Detroit Police Department. So I'm going to guess number three is the lie. No, I said they wouldn't escort him through rough areas. Martin Brown. But they were helping them otherwise. Maybe I I misinterpreted the the whole story. Back when I'm on your page, back Bob. when video game teams were like two guys, I feel like everything had a video game. Yeah, that's true. Do we all vote? So is that your I guess? Vote. So what? <laughs> you vote too. I Wait. Vote so what's everyone one. say? I, I so think... Ash and Bob say number three. We say the the police precinct is the lie. Yeah, I think that one. I think the precinct is the lie. Brett. <laughs> I think it's number one. I don't think you could have that that kind of energy without drugs. But maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> Well, Brett's the one loser, and y'all got me. Dang it. Yes. Yes. Eddie Murphy really doesn't do drugs. He never did, even in the 80s with SNL and stand up and all of that. He tells a story about uh, John Belushi and Robin Williams offering him cocaine one time when they're going out, and he said no. 
and uh, John Belushi called him like lame or boring or something. <laughs> he even said he doesn't even like to drink. He said on his honeymoon, I guess he was married in the early 90s at one point. He had three glasses of champagne, felt terrible and never wanted to touch it again. Well, that's champagne. Um, the best of us feel like crap. I know. <laughs> so, dang it. I thought I would have got you guys with that one because, yes, there was a video game in the 80s with all those 80s, different 80s systems. That was, And then they made a PlayStation 2 game in 05 for this what? i thought that would get you guys trip you up yeah that, PS, I that did. I said it was for ps2 i thought that would suck you guys in i i i definitely was like really a playstation 2 but i, I just I don't understand the, why because that was 10 years after the third movie came out was, yeah but the lighting that just felt like a set to me i was like there's no way that's not a set that they built sorry my <laughs> director brain film professionals called bullshit <laughs> yeah <laughs> dang it uh <laughs> it's a good one pat let's step my game up I, I i'm disappointed in myself believe that one pat if it wasn't for what ash said like seeing the movie i was like that is ridiculous no way in the 80s no more reasoning out loud in this game you just say your answer and you don't explain why (laughs) (laughs) but it was a very good lie i would have believed it and i would have gone with the video game one had it not been so over the top in the movie no 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 it was a very good pat fact (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right uh does anyone else they want to to make sure they say or do we want to go into final thoughts wait well i just have one yeah. one thing to ask so like okay really liked the movie it was really great and everything but um is the moral of the story that cops should lie more because that yes. kind of felt like the moral of the story <laughs> and and skirt warrant restrictions and kind of like want to do whatever they that want a little bit maybe that's fair that's i mean fair that is an entire genre of film of mm-hmm. rogue renegade cop goes outside yeah. takes the law into his own hands and he's the hero because he did it he he did the things that the bureaucracy was stopping him from doing yeah i've seen lethal weapon <laughs> <laughs> this is like the more benevolent version it's like yeah it was more like i a- feel like they give themselves a bit of leeway by virtue of the fact that like his friend is killed in front of him in the very beginning of the movie. And mm-hmm. the first question he asks, which, which is, you know, sort of outside of his jurisdiction or, or whatever, but uh, he's immediately, I think red flags go up right away when he's in Maitland's office. And then he's immediately thrown out through a glass window, which is so unnecessary <laughs> uh, to me that the fact that like that guilt is pretty obviously hinted at from the get go and the way he's uh, unceremoniously exited that building sort of justifies almost all of what comes after in, Which, in my movie brain. I'm glad you bring it up, Bob, because let's talk. I want to talk about that scene for a minute because it's their window. How was yeah, yeah, that too. But also, how, where, when, and how was the decision made for the window? Because he comes into Maitland's office, and Maitland is not expecting him, right? He's not, and then they have the talk, and you can only you imagine Maitland presses some button under his desk, right? Like security well, come in, did. these men will he show did you. Press out. a button, yeah. Right. Okay. So, but then he doesn't say Maitland doesn't tell the people throw him through the window. So, do you think the six of them as they're walking walking him to the front, like this, they're holding him, <laughs> and the six of them like, "Hey, Phil, what do you think we should do about? It? I don't know, Chuck. Maybe we should throw him through the window. Oh, I've always wanted to do that. That's a great idea." <laughs> Like my I don't know if you head should, cannon. guys, shut up, Mark. You're always a sissy. 
My head canon is that they throw everyone through the window and they have a window budget. <laughs> Every time he throws someone. Every time. He's like, someone's trying to sell him something like new tile for the dealership. Yeah. He's like, I do not like this tile. He presses the button. <laughs> yeah. Throw the tile salesman through the window. He just has the glass company on call. It's interesting because it's, I mean, their plan worked really well, right? Like they threw him through the window and the cops are like, you're here, broken window, obviously guilty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the jaywalking line that he throws out as he's getting put in the car is pretty oh, great. Yes. So good. <laughs> if I got so thrown out of a moving good. car or whatever. Yeah. 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 So good. All right. Final. All right. Thoughts. The final thought down. I'll go. This movie is so much fun. A few things here and there. Meh. But honestly, not nearly as I, I was expecting a few more. I was expecting a little more intense, like cringy moment of the of the of the few mm. things that weren't didn't hold up the best. I was expecting them to be a little be worse than they were, and it was actually pretty mild. Again, especially when you compare it to a lot of movies from this era that we've watched that have very <laughs> blatant problematic things. And this was a ton of fun, and all three of them are on HBO. I'm probably oh, going to watch the other two there? at some point wow. over the next week. I, I don't recommend that necessarily. Really? <laughs> I, I remember liking all of them. I remember liking even the third one. I remember liking because Serge comes back I mean, in the third t- one. <gasps> oh, he's it's such a, it's such a terrible cameo. He does weepins now. Bob, he does weepins. <laughs> he does weepins. <laughs> you make a fair point. I'll rethink. I'll reassess my uh, my memory of that movie. Oh man, that's great. You know what's funny is like I didn't I never clarified I have not seen this movie. Okay, Just so it was so a third you one. All know, <laughs> yeah. I somehow have only ever seen the third one, which is wild. I don't know why. Um and for and Bryce is convinced that he's never saw it with me. So I don't know how I saw that movie. But anyway, um but yeah, I enjoyed this movie as well. It's funny because like, it's funny to hear you say that, Bob, because I remember like thinking the third one was funnier than this one, but I also, <laughs> I don't know, maybe I'm remembering incorrectly, but I really enjoyed this one. Um, I thought it was fun and yeah. Um, however, just so you know, putting bananas in a tailpipe would not stop a car and coffee does not mask the smell of drugs for dogs. So <laughs> there's some major plot holes in this film. But Did you that's look that okay. Up? I, I choose I choose to believe the film till yeah. the day till the day I die. I'm I'm really like, scientific. Maybe they not cars today. Yeah, I've the always packed my cocaine thing, and coffee. I, Ash, I don't know up. what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the banana thing I looked up. It said it would be shot out of the tailpipe. That's what I thought. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to spoil it for everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. It was fun. I think maybe the reason why I'm thinking I liked the third one better was probably just because I love the idea of contrasting a theme park with, you know, like violence or whatever. Like, I just, I, I think that that's pretty funny, mm-hmm. but yeah i I really thought i was gonna have like more stuff to talk about just because we usually do with 80s movies but uh i really like this movie uh i would watch it again i would tell other people to watch it i feel like the comedy 
uh not only holds up but is like really good uh, for the most part um like real subtle stuff that that you know the punchline isn't just like in the scene it's referencing stuff from earlier in the movie like the the callback to to uh the super cop story was working at the end but th- mm-hmm. they didn't say it they just did it and it was really funny like i don't know I mean that we don't get that anymore. What's where's where's this comedy writing today? I want more of it. Uh, it was it was really fun to watch. Good movie. Um, Final thoughts. Well, it's my turn. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I also really liked this movie. It was really fun. I love the character driven scenes. The improv stuff was really great. I feel like a lot of modern improv movies, like the improv is kind of non sequitur and ridiculous and you laugh because Mm -hmm. it's so ridiculous. But Mm -hmm. this improv was like so in tune with the story. It was unexpected, but every character acted the way they were supposed to act. And the improv scenes furthered the plot and gave really clever reversals and added a ton to the enjoyment of the movie. And I really loved that. Um, the plot, like, it was interesting, but you really watch this movie to watch the characters and see how they respond. And it's just a blast. And I forgot to mention earlier, but I loved the part in the movie where he's driving around with this friend, the girl, and he's like, I'll, I'll drive. And she's like, no, I've seen your car. I'm going to drive. <laughs> like, <laughs> so good. <laughs> it's so good. So funny. Um, and maybe it's just because I set my expectations a little low, but like I expected there to be way more problematic stuff. But they're really, considering how old it is, there really wasn't as much as I would have thought. And yeah, yeah, I'm impressed with that. So would totally watch this again. It was a blast. Bob? Uh, well, I'm glad everyone enjoyed it, um, and I'm I'm glad on the rewatch that there wasn't a, a bunch of stuff that was super problematic that I had just completely forgotten about because that would have probably said more <laughs> about me than the film. Um, and I, I think one of the reasons that it holds up the way it does, besides the like what you mentioned, what you've all mentioned already, just about the you know the character work and the comedy work and all that, and and obviously the performances, um, is that even though it's presenting a like. Uh, you know, a Beverly Hills that was probably a little more, I don't know, foreign to most people's imaginations back then than it is now and a little more heightened than it, than it probably is now. Um, it's still just, I mean, it's just a stand in for Detroit and Beverly Hills could have been anything. It's just, you know, rich versus poor. Mm-hmm. And that's always when your bad guy is the rich and your good guy is, is poor, but you know, resourceful that's always going to be a fun dichotomy to explore and, and something that you root for in the end, regardless of how else it's dressed up. So to me, yeah, and watching it this time, that, that's what I was feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, talk, talk about a guy who doesn't have any respect for uh, jurisprudence. Um, but yeah, it's just, I mean, it's, and it's, it's also of an era that's, it's like the sequel. If you guys do get around to watching it, you'll notice it's much more eighties or much more like, aesthetically what we think of in retrospect as 80s like it's very flashy and very 
sort of like greed is good kind of stylings and MTV kind of stylings. Whereas this one is like almost the leftovers of the seventies filtering through the early eighties. And uh, I think that aesthetic sort of helps it. It helps, you know, ground the, the heroes in, or at least the, you know, the Axel Foley side of things in um, more of a, uh, what, what feels like real, at least to my 2022 mind, looking backward, um, and you know, of course, the the Beverly Hills police station that looks like the bridge of the Starship Enterprise is, <laughs> in retrospect, a bit a bit silly that that's what they thought high tech would be, because I'm sure they were projecting a little bit, and it wasn't all meant to be like authentic of the moment. But um, I've lost my train of thought completely, and I'm rambling, so I'm going to pull the shoot right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so oh, yeah, overall do... positive, I like this though. Yeah. 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 Listen. We don't create any special content for Patreon. I don't know. You need we need more of you to sign up for Patreon to do that. But if we did, I would want to do a special Beverly Hills series where we watch all Beverly Hills movies. Like there's <gasps> there's we can finish this series. We can do we already like talked about true Beverly Hills. Oh, Beverly we'll do Beverly Hills Ninja. Beverly that was yes, oh, Beverly Hills no. was like, oh, no. I would like to say that I was completely wrong in that assessment. This was nothing like Troop Beverly Hills. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. No. Oh man. Lord. I also love um super quick aside and then we'll just finish it off is in this era of like these of like these cop movies, Lethal Weapons, the Beverly Hills. I like how it's all it's always they have different takes, but there's always three or four. It's only three or four crimes that are happening. There's drugs. There's counterfeiting. Um, what's uh, what's the Murder. third? Uh, or there's guns. There's like arms <laughs> dealings. Murder. There's like guns. It's it's like drugs, arms dealing, and like counterfeiting are like the three go to, and that's the the thing. There's mm-hmm. that the that the villain is secretly access their real business. Mm-hmm. And well, there are and no other they, they do different that- orders. Everyone's like, we're going to do counterfeiting first, and then we'll get around to drugs. Or Yeah. That's, do, that's it. That's all the crimes. I have to say that, like, hiding drugs with an art business is pretty solid. So you could mm-hmm. just make up arbitrary, like, prices for your art. That's a pretty good cover, I'd say. Are you saying art's a good way to launder money, Sam? Yeah, I am. <laughs> like, maybe yeah. digital art? I'm really like looking NFTs? forward to Oh, yeah. burn. Wow. Okay. Or I guess I should say I'm not looking forward to uh, Adam McKay's NFT big short movie that's coming out in five years. Oh, uh, Brett, I saw your yeah. <laughs> Brett, were you not a fan of Don't Look Up? You don't um, look up. That was so good. I we turned it off. Have a deep, twenty minutes, deep seated hatred for all of the smart quote-unquote smart things adam mckay writes so that's just my problem with, with him. <laughs> oh my gosh curmudgeon Don't brett up was so at it again so good. <laughs> don't get me started uh, <laughs> that's a different podcast but maybe patreon well, we we have different opinions on that movie but we all agree Belleville's oh. cop was a lot of fun yay, yay. Uh, bob's dog agrees too yeah Bob. <laughs> he's 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 a big fan of eddie murphy in fact his name is edward murphy the dog uh thank you very much for uh coming on oh, the thank show you guys for having me this is a blast bob do you have anything you'd like to like promote or social media you'd want to plug or anything like that nothing whatsoever but thank you for asking <laughs> okay <laughs> does your Not dog have TV an instagram right i'll say <laughs> yeah. i will go ahead and say 
yeah, the shows I've worked on are both so much fun. I Zombie, it's I mean, it's the series is 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 complete. It's a complete series. It's a lot of fun, satisfying ending. I'll say it doesn't spoil anything, but I like it's a lot of fun. That's a show, and you can confirm or not. I feel like I enjoy watching shows where I feel like the cast is a good ensemble, and I feel like mm. I'll bet they like each other and get along really well and hang out and stuff and have a lot of fun on set. And I got that vibe from I Zombie. And then Cobra Kai is just also just so much fun and just waves of nostalgia and really enjoyed this last season. And I was just saying to someone, I am amazed at how successful Cobra Kai has been over its run on getting everyone back at different points mm, from all the different yeah. movies, the different original movies. Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I mean, uh, I don't know if you guys um, are planning on getting into Karate Kid at some point on this podcast, but it's another one where the the sequels, you know, from a certain perspective, had diminishing returns. But the the fun of the one of the fun things about the show has been, you know, resurrecting some of these characters from you know the the, the movies that are less well remembered, I guess, um, and, and kind of uh, trying to retroactively explain some of their choices in the film, and then also like <laughs> fill in the last thirty five years, which is a total. I mean, it's not like completely. Um, blank slate but it's pretty close to one because you've got a lot of time to work with there so you can you know play with expectations and stuff and it's been i only got to go on set this last season which is season five which is in the can but you know won't be out for another year so i just met you know all of the the main cast plus uh whoever we may or may not have back from uh from various parts of the original trilogy or quadrilogy if you will um so yeah, it's. I mean, it's a lot of fun. Again, I'm rambling. I have no idea like where I'm trying to land this plane, but it is. <laughs> it's. It's a lot of fun to work on things where, like you said, everyone kind of gets along and appreciates being there and and is just kind of having a good time while obviously doing our jobs, but appreciating that it's you know it's it's an absurd time and place that we live in where you can make a good deal of money and and have a living. Uh, off of just making dumb shit up and then a whole bunch of people like hundreds of people will dedicate their nine to five Monday to Friday to, you know, executing the dumb shit that you make up. It's, it's patently <laughs> absurd that this industry even exists, but um, I, I feel lucky that I got to experience it with it, with the people I've got to experience it with so far. That's right awesome. on. All right. Well, uh, that was Beverly Hills cop. Uh, Ash, would you like to enrage the audience? Yes. And before I do so, I will say just a shout out. If you want to hear Bob talk more about that stuff, I'm sure you can on Let's Chat. So there you go. Oh, yeah. Check out his episode there. Yeah. Um, but you can also follow us. We're at Let's Rewatch on Twitter, where we do things like a movie poll and you guys get to pick the movie or... If our guest picks the movie like you did here, Bob, I tweet a still and see if you can guess the movie. And Zach came in guessing Beverly Hills Cop right away. Good job, Zach. All I think right. this is a first for nice. Zach. Oh, I think. Pat's and, you know, Mitch guessed Kindergarten Cop, but he was wrong. No, I'm just kidding. He didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I told you the wrong movie, Mitch. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. I have a line here. Uh, yeah, if you like our <laughs> podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and apparently Audible, which we got a new 
very lovely, very sweet review on. And we really appreciate your kind words. I believe it was David. Daniel. 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 Sorry. Oh, I have to read it. Okay. Um. Yes. Daniel, thank you so much for your kind words. They wrote, fantastic idea for a movie podcast. Great idea that has perfectly executed the chemistry between friends and movie industry pros Ash Blodgett, Brett Eagleston, and Sam Wilson is excellent. I enjoyed the original co-host Nick, but Pat Edwards <laughs> brings a great fun energy and really completes the cast. It hey. seems Aww. rare when all the hosts completely agree on a movie, but they never ha! specifically. <laughs> <Your face. laughs> hey, hey, here you go, just for you, Daniel. But they never specifically look to completely hate a movie. This is a great movie podcast to check out. Very kind words that fill our hearts. Thank joy. you so much. And we're yeah. so happy to do this podcast specifically for you, Daniel. This one's for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm sure you would have said nice things about nice. you too, Bob, if he knew you yeah, were on. He did. Industry oh, I pros. Have I, I have <laughs> oh, and if you extra extra love us, give us a uh, dollar or two on Patreon.com. There you go. Thanks. You landed yeah. that plane. <laughs> uh, and then Pat. All right. Hey, you probably know this, but just in case you didn't. We're part of the CertainPOV.com network of shows. Head on over to CertainPOV.com and check out some other great shows like Another Pass or CPOV Autographs or Saturday Morning Confidential or Screen Snark or there's a bunch of great shows made by some delightful great people. And one terrible asshole. check that out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> and then wait. the mystery is who's the asshole? It's like roulette with shows. You listen to pot. Who's Brett talking about? Um, um, I was going to throw in a quick. And, and speaking of Bob's point of making money from just making dumb shit up, you can still mm-hmm. buy both my books wherever books are sold. Space Tripping One, book. Space Tripping Two. And join us next time when we watch The Adventure of Iron Pussy. <laughs> It's not a porno. Right. No more porn. It's not Stop a it. porno. <laughs> sure. How? Sure, sure. How is that possibly not a porno? Wait, is it a cat? Is it a cat? Is it, yeah, is it like an a robot cat? It might be Did a porno. Do they not Hold know on. what they've done? Uh, it's got to be a porno. Is it a fan-made uh, Marvel movie with all cats replacing the cast? Oh, oh man. Hashtag release the butthole cut. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.